Scarpins Audio. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, Doug on it. Here I am with my good boys. <laughs> I'm your host, John Francis Fahey. These boys are sick. <laughs> I'm normal. I am joined, as ever, by the pinnacle and perfection of perversion. Aaron Joseph Peter. That's why they call me the PPP boy. How, 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 how absurd is it that your initials are AP? That's right. The, the, and my first name is almost urine. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good point. Yeah. yeah. In the future, it will be. <laughs> to me, it is. The etymology is Aaron, but, but it's if now. If you go back far enough into uh, ancient uh, Sumerian or, uh, or, or Proto-Indo-European, it, it has roots in urine. Uh, yeah. And PETA, I mean, that, I mean it, it writes itself. It does. It eats said, itself. And it drinks itself, <laughs> which apparently uh, makes it writes you, itself right in the snow. That's right. <laughs> and you can eat that. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, growing up in California, as opposed to myself and young Matthew, uh-huh. Matthew Brousseau, to your uh, right, my left, oh, handsome hi. Matt Brousseau. Hello. Hi. Uh, brilliant, gorgeous, good-looking guy. Oh. Smells pretty nice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You guys are really just turbo hot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> but Aaron, you. What's up? Being uh, deprived of, uh, you know, the uh, the, thing, the things that, yeah, the snow. I mean, did you. Seasons. The fir- I mean, do you remember the first time you pissed in the snow and trying to, to write out some kind of soliloquy? Yeah, I mean, I got I got uh, three quarters of the way through Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> the word of the book. I was holding it, man, you know. That's and a stream of consciousness. Yeah. Just one day, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time I saw snow was probably in junior high. And you went up to Big Bear or some shit? Yeah, either, either somebody, like, brought it down from... Because, like, where I went to junior high is up in the foothills. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, sometimes, it doesn't really happen anymore, but right. the snow level will come down to where... So oh, you guys, like, because of, of the altitude, like, you guys will get a little bit of sleet up there. and Yeah. More yeah. so to Los Angeles. Right. You'll have a little bit of hail. And- right. Uh, it would hail in L.A. quite a bit when, as, as a youngster. Uh, a handful of times. Yeah, yeah it's happened a couple times this year. Yeah, in the valley. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But it will always happen up there more. Up there, sure. if you could just like drive up, up into like Angeles Crest pretty easily and go find some snow, like the snow that's stuck. Nothing, nothing like that you could ski on or anything. Right, right. And so sometimes like older, <laughs> I think some like high school kids would like go fill up their pickup truck with snow and then just like throw it at some of the yeah, junior good. high kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, good move. Uh, but the first time I like ever was in snow was also junior high when like some other kids' parents took me snowboarding right. to like Mountain High. Right. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, I didn't uh, didn't hesitate to urinate. 
All right, you got to do it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the snow is really burdened by that piss. Yeah, I mean, it just melts away, you know? I mean, <laughs> but, you know, snow is like, it's cool, man, but, like, it seems like a real hassle. You got to, yeah. like, put salt everywhere. Yeah, it's good to visit. Yeah, it's nice it's, place to visit, the yeah, snow. Yeah. Do you ever think, like, because uh, like, I, like, I didn't grow up here, you know? And like before, I had access to chemicals and stuff. Like you know, my entertainment was <laughs> short shrift. <laughs> but if I lived out here, I would be like, I would be one of those guys that wanted to have the thing in one day. Where I'm like, I go from like Some beach to beach yeah, to yeah, the yeah. fucking. I think I've done that before. Yeah. Uh, because you can you can do it in one day. Yeah. In this part of California, you can, you yeah. can go straight up from snow. You can surf in the morning and then go night skiing. It's right. fucking insane. Uh, or what else could you do Uh, you could do because it also snows in the desert and you could do that kind of shit but yeah you could do that kind of stuff like the planes trains and automobiles of weather right Uh, it's not as cool as it sounds guys honestly weather for the past I mean you know this better than anybody John inside Inside is the way to it's go. Pretty, it's pretty I mean, for the, yeah. for the weather is notoriously um, yeah. dangerous. Yeah, indiscriminate. Yeah. I noticed that it doesn't choose. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean <laughs> <laughs> poor people seem to get fucked by it a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, that's it. it, it, it uh, I, I don't even like, I don't, I live in LA. I don't live by the beach. I don't go to the beach very often. Right. I'd, I'd rather. Yeah, the snow seems like a real pain in the ass. It does. Yeah, I do. Keep skidding around. Right, the cars car, flipping yeah. over. I don't miss it. Uh, after Florida, I was like, nowhere cold ever again. It was. Yeah. It was. That was enough. You um, know, it's nice to bundle up and get cozy. Sure. Yeah. My my thing is, you can be places that are cold that don't have snow. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, Start a fire. also like, if you're going to indulge in it, I'm like, you know, going home to New York. I'm like. A week at Christmas is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love and, visiting it. And so, that's yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah but if you got to like wake up to go to school or work. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. We, you got to have like engine block heaters. Well, so you, I mean, you go out there, you, you no. start up the car. Car's got to start up. And while the car's fucking, you know, starting up, you're warming up, you got to scrape off the fucking windows. Yeah. Cold as hell doing that. You forgot mm-hmm. your gloves. Now you got you fucking. Plus, then, the, plus the shoveling. Then you get in the car. You're driving down. The heat's not even on the, the defroster's not working yeah. that well yet. You can barely see the road. Yeah. You're skidding all over. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. You, know, you get used to driving in it, but it's, you know, it's a pain in the ass. Now, now the roads are salted, right? Or they're scraped, or they're plowed. They're sa- sanded usually. Sanded. Sand and salt. Yeah, yeah. Some places, some people, some places do both. Some places are like salt is really bad for the fucking. It, it's bad for cars. It's really bad, bad for, for all cars. sorts of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So they, asphalt they sand. too, I imagine. Mm. Asphalt's pretty tough. I don't know. I miss the But definitely Fuck the cars. The asphalt, man. Bottom of the cars. So you, you see a car that's been driving in winter for ten years and the yeah. fucking whole like, thing. Like, don't you want to buy California? If you want to like yeah. buy an old car, you buy like a California or Arizona yeah. car because they don't have like salt rust damage. But I remember like you know my dad talking about like you know when it was like the, the roads were salted or sanded, and he's like I remember I would get into like I would aim for like a big pool of either. Thing like, oh, oh yeah, oh this will be perfect. And he's like, it's just as unreliable. Like if it's yeah, not, it's a big if, pile it, of if shit. it's not spread out, like yeah. it's just as fucking like gamey. Did a lot of people have like you know four wheel drive or anything like that? Like that helps. Yeah, all wheel yeah. drive. You I don't mean, have to get chains. There's definitely your- more trucks. Uh, but yeah. you know, you get the all weather tires and you just drive carefully and you can get through it. 
Dude, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, you no. get, I mean, you get used to it. It's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, people get used to anything. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... That brings us to... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking I, of pain in the ass, John, <laughs> what do you got for us today? How rude. Hey, come on. Some people... Hey, some people like a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah well... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Self-included. Yeah. yeah. A little, yeah. little pain in the ass right. goes a long way. Uh-huh. Now, I used to... I, I have to do a little bit of a... Uh, uh, Addendum on uh, what we just did uh, with Matt's uh, absolutely brilliant uh, two, two part. part, and what a nice Patreon we had! Last oh, time. right, great Patreon. That was really good. It was mesmerizing. <laughs> really uh, uh, so I think uh, one thing we took away from it is um, there is uh, the unknown level of scumbaggery from certain people, even among the scum bunch, mm-hmm. and yes. uh, in the. Uh, uh, 30 for 30, we still see Lenny Dykstra mm-hmm. still being uh, just as 86 Mets yes. as he ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he. History's a big word, man. He, yeah. he went on uh, Howard Stern in 2016. You're familiar with that? <laughs> no. Oh, no. That's early in the morning, too. Well, I just wanted to give you, because I like to do a little preamble with, uh, with uh, uh, some things. And if you guys are, are following the show. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Look at that oh maniacal. Just, this is a perfect <laughs> Dude, something this is rotten big, is coming. Fucking big best, yeah. Like, go back and listen to the two-part on them 86 Mets. And and, 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 then, and and the Patreon and that follow us on on Patreon. It's five dollars a month to get an extra episode. We get a lot of good shit, honestly. We had a great a, time packed, last night. Episode, last night. Um, but one thing I love about this guy that you exposed me to mm-hmm. uh, uh, was it seems like the men. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even. The man has. Up. The man, Are you talking about Dykstra? The man, yeah, Dykstra. Lenny Dykstra has never, nor will ever, give a sliver of a fuck. Yes. And that makes me real happy. <laughs> I can see because, how that you would like because, because he has. Still, because of that season, quite a high profile. Mm-hmm. Well, and he played for the Phillies. He was a really good. They won a World Series with the Phillies too. Thirty years after the '86 <laughs> match, Lady it, was like, it was like six years after. What? Oh, oh, this, this, this. Yeah, Stern. yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. He goes on Howard Stern, and you know he's going to behave there. <laughs> and um, it was his first. Uh, it was his first. Uh, Stern appearance. appearance. Oh, no oh, shit. Okay. In June of 16, and he, he was telling Howard and Robin about his bedroom skills with women. <sighs> and um, <sighs> uh, he was bragging, and on Monday he came back, fast return, with two women. Because he was there on Friday? To, to attest uh, to his, his uh, prowess. <sighs> and um, <laughs> one was named uh, 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 Jessica. Now, Jessica's a lesbian. And she admitted she allowed Lenny to go down on <laughs> she allowed Lenny to go down on her for twenty two days straight. <laughs> because And she it. goes, Every day I orgasmed. <laughs> he makes very nice movements with his tongue. Wow. She and Lenny were supposed to have a strictly professional relationship after he hired her to assist him during his book tour. Oh, boy. But after hearing how gifted he was, Jessica decided to see for herself if Lenny could do for her what he'd done for so many other women. Quote, 
I kind of doubted at first. He's talking shit. <laughs> After a while, I got kind of curious. Yeah, I think curiosity just got the best of me. She continued, quote, He gave me a very nice massage. It was supposed to be just a massage, but then it escalated. Oh, Lenny? Yeah. Lenny described Jessica as being like, quote, Candy. <laughs> and told Howard Which that is her, also the name of somebody else. Yeah. That her vagina was one of the best he'd ever seen. When asked why Lenny is so good at what he does, Jessica explained that it's, quote, precision and accuracy. He's very focused on the clit. He makes very nice moves with his tongue. Lenny said, it's artwork, man. <laughs> Bro. Dude. Jasmine... Also accompanying the two of them, was also in the studio on Monday to certify Lenny's skillfulness. Unlike Jessica, she and Lenny went all the way, having full-on sex. <laughs> Quote, It was definitely worth it, Jasmine said. I have a hard time letting go and stuff, but he was very gentle about it. It was definitely worth it is really the phrase I always want to hear after having sex with somebody. Before they had sex, however, Lenny gave Jasmine his world-famous foreplay, which she detailed for Howard. Quote, He does this thing with the tip of his tongue where he moves it pretty fast and then slow and then fast and then slow, she said. Howard asked if it was like a butterfly landing on a leaf. <laughs> Quote, Maybe like two butterflies on a leaf, Jasmine Whoa. said. Whoa. Lenny even gave a live demonstration of his artistry on a plastic fleshlight. Oh, no. He ate a fleshlight pussy. Oh, boy. I want to see two butterflies. Even with... <laughs> even with <laughs> Bring in Gary. <laughs> even with Jessica and Jasmine's seals of approval, Robin Quiver stated that she still wasn't interested in doing anything sexual <laughs> with Lenny. <laughs> he tried his hardest to convince the stern show co-host that he could provide, provide her with the pleasure like she's let never me, let me tell you, had before. Quote, she needs me to help her. She deserves it. She works hard every day. Quote, Lenny said. Quote, there's a seat on the space shuttle. <laughs> One seat. And by the way, you're going to go somewhere you've never been, Robin. A place you don't want to even know exists. And when I take you there, <laughs> you won't want to go back. Jesus. Jessica and Jasmine also tried to persuade Robin to, Robin to give Lenny a try. Are you kidding? He, I think he just paid these ones. Yeah, get, get him out of our fucking, uh, out of our lives. Jessica, quote, Robin, you're missing out. You need to get on the space shuttle. <laughs> God damn it. I like pussy just as much as Lenny does. Jessica told Howard she now gives her girlfriend's tips on how to go down on her based on her experience with Lenny Dykstra. Man, he like, oh, you know. I mean, don't say th what I know you're gonna say. Are you going? Are you going to Pun Town? No. <laughs> Quote, no, I'm not. Uh, Quote, Lenny Dykstra. I live my life based on three words: honor, code, and loyalty. I will make you fucking come. I don't stop <laughs> until they do. <laughs> I don't stop until they do. That sounds like a ransom. Yeah, I can leave here and tell you. I live my life on <laughs> three. three words. Honor, code, and loyalty. <laughs> I will make you fucking come. Wow. You psycho. Now, we're going to need a clip of that eventually. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a, a media find that episode. One. In addition to being tireless in the bedroom, Lenny promised Howard he would also be tireless if he ever meets Mickey Rourke in a cage fight. <laughs> Lenny challenged the actor. I'll make him fucking come. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking jack that guy Lenny, off. Lenny challenged the actor, Space Shuttle, whom he alleges owes him thirty grand, <laughs> to a no holds barred brawl at Madison Square Garden. 
He's going to learn about fucking loss, Lenny said. Anyone betting bet on me. The only way I lose is if I fucking die. Yeah, he's going to fight till he's burger. Whether or not Mickey will accept Lenny's offer is yet to be seen, but the actor did have plenty of fighting words for his former friend in August. Uh, I could play you, but... Mickey Rourke said to Lenny Dystra, if, if you want to hear that. I don't know if you did. Yeah. Of course we want to hear that. Why would you bring that up if we didn't? Yeah. I mean, I want to hear these lesbians talking about how good Dykstra eats <laughs> oh, pussy. Yeah. Only one was a lesbian. Yeah, well. You know, he's spending that time with Lenny Dykstra. Yeah. Uh, After Lenny eats you. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play the uh the response from Lenny Dykstra to Mickey Rourke, but I will tell you that one of the things he did say was that the guy <laughs> it was that he said that Mickey Rourke set facelifts back 10 years. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good. I got to give Lenny credit on that one. Do you want to hear what Lenny Yeah, we yeah, want to yeah. hear what Mickey Rourke said. To, to deserve such a fiery clapback. <laughs> this is from TMZ. You know this is good, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, there's probably going to be a fucking fist. ad or some goddamn name. Drink Jose Cuervo. And Mickey Rourke uh, is, of course, unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> TMZ Sports, folks. Uh, yes, of An course. actor and a guy that played sports <laughs> decades ago. Do you are you buffering? No, I wouldn't fight him. I would knock the living out of his the minute that I see him. You punk ass motherfucker, you lying sucker. And Lenny, let me tell you something. When I see you, it's not even gonna be hello. I'm gonna knock your teeth out again, motherfucker. I mean what he said some like he said I, he gave me 30 grand. I swear on my, I have a brother that I love yeah. more than anybody else. Well, don't swear I swear on my brother Joseph, and I swear on my grandmother. That bitch never gave me thirty grand. He never gave me shit. And you know what? For him saying that, if I see this motherfucker, I'm gonna knock all his fucking teeth out again. Again? You, you hear me, Lenny? You punk ass bitch, motherfucker. Do you think he's trying to avoid you? I would. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, got it. Got the clip. <laughs> yeah, TMZ doing the Lord's work. Yeah, dude, how about that? Mickey Rourke screaming at Lenny. Dude, he sounded like he just walked out of like the Palm Restaurant or Dantana's, lit up. Yeah, you if, can, you, you, if you never had the thirty grand, what, like what? Why are you this mad? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Lenny's just <sighs> saying shit around town. Clearly, it sounds like they both met in the same. Place, which is where people get insanely wasted, yeah, and, and then slur oh, their words and, and get their teeth knocked, <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently or facelift. Like-minded yeah. individuals <laughs> yes. that all suck. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, like the room you don't want to be in yeah. ever. You walk in, you walk into a room, you see Mickey Rourke and Lenny Dykstra. You're like, ah, okay, I know, maybe not this. I don't want to. They met at do. Scores. <laughs> yes, okay. they met at Scores uh-huh, in New York. Uh huh. But now here's the thing, fellas. Oh boy. Now here's the thing. Mm. What what are the three words? Loyalty, honor, code. code. 
which not in that order. <laughs> oh no. Code command. I love C plus <laughs> plus. I'm a big game. I love Bitcoin. A B A B up down. Yeah. I love code. Select yeah. start. Have, dude, the, the, the works the, of Dan the, Brown. Enigma. Yeah. Machine. Uh, I think yeah. It was uh, uh wind talkers. <laughs> honesty. Uh, that was in there. Loyalty. Was, no, it was loyalty. Code and honor. Was that really it? I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to remember with Lenny these days. But, uh, believe it or not, uh, another man lived uh, <laughs> by those kind of. Oh, is this the transition? Yeah. That was good. And this was uh, our most uh, Batmanian <laughs> of villains. The Birdman of Alcatraz. Hey. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And... It really is. Birdman. <laughs> it, it really is a thing where you go like, "This is the most Batmanian person in real life." Okay. This guy was like, I mean, a, a, a born a psychopath, sociopath, uh, still very into being like uh, I uh, adhere to. Some sort of ethos, mm. uh, and a, a genius, basically. Mm. Okay, uh, loved umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, a born uh, into a family that was doing quite well. Uh, the Strouds, his father, uh, Frank. The Strouds, yes, not the Cobblepots. Yes, Robert Stroud is the Birdman of Alcatraz, and he is one of the most. Uh, Female, uh, famous uh, felons of all time. Uh, and uh, weirdly, almost shares a probably like, like near direct uh, timeline with uh, Carl Panzer. And uh, very sort of similar upbringing, like mm. that thing of uh, it's America's wide open. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the turn of uh, the fucking. 20th century mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's pretty raw out there mm -hmm. and also you can be raised in a horribly abusive way yeah and so Stroud uh, his father Frank uh, was uh, from a, a wealthy family but he kind of like gambled and pissed it all away uh -huh. and then he got with um, in the snow or <laughs> at scores he got with this lovely woman and um she was, uh, he got with her after he pissed the money away. Yeah, it was, yeah, kind of like almost like ongoing mm -hmm. during because mm -hmm. she was also from kind of like good stock. Mm -hmm. And while, uh, you know, she was pregnant with uh, their first, which is Robert, uh, Frank, the father, was constantly trying to um, thwart his birth. <sighs> And that would mean uh, trips down the stairs. Uh, oh, trips down the stairs. Hey, yeah, honey, pack your bags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're just going to have a quick jaunt. Uh-huh. See you next. <laughs> Punches to Yikes. the stomach. Oh, God. Uh, and then, like, this is uh, a time when uh, abortion is not nearly Like, divorce is not even. Right. Hitting your wife is legal. Oh, right. But yeah. abortion is not. Right. And his mother did have uh, two girls from previous marriage, and... Uh, you know, this guy, he was just like, I, I do not absolutely want this child to be born. And he even sent her to 
you know, one of the underground abortionists. Mm-hmm. And that still... He sent it. He sent her to the guy that did the uh, the Joker's plastic surgery in the '89 Batman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it didn't take. No. It did not. I mean, this kid's coming. <laughs> and so, do you think that? Go ahead. That it was like a like a tiptoes situation. <laughs> Forgot about tiptoes. Where he was like, ah, I got bad G. You don't trust you me. Right? Describe tiptoes for the. We talked about tiptoes. Yeah, it was on the. It was on the radio. Right, well, tiptoes is a. It's a. Uh, a wonderful. It's a Gary Oldman vehicle, mm. uh, along starring Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. and um, uh, what's the young uh, wonderful uh, uh, Kate Beckinsale? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Allen Greer makes an appearance. Uh, love a dag. Um, uh, Rosanna uh, uh, Arquette. Patricia. Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as a uh, a young, an early um, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yeah, it steals the show. It really steals the show. Uh, it's... Are you talking Oldman Dinklage, man? <laughs> Oldman, <laughs> you're talking Oldman Dinklage. Uh, it's it's an, uh, it's a it. The movie is an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little yellow. But what I'm getting at is that uh, uh, in in the in the movie Matthew McConaughey he's, he's from a family of who have dwarfism, and he is not proud of that, and he kept it secret from his woman, mm-hmm. and then he gets her pregnant, mm-hmm. and uh, he d- is not happy about that whole situation because it is shown that the the child will be. Uh, it's very uh, very likely. Yeah. It just skipped over him. Yeah. Uh, but it's very likely this child will, will be born a dwarf and have a, a lifetime of not just uh, societal and cultural uh, uh, pro- problems, but a boost, physical, but, and, but but he'll have yeah. physical ailments yeah, and yeah, a lifetime yeah. of pain and, yeah, and, and a higher risk for all sorts of issues. And, and, and then so what? Kate Beckinsale. He punches her and throws her down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But no. what I'm getting at is, does, is was there something? Uh, I doubt it, but was there something with Stroud where he's like, you don't want this kid, lady, trust me. Oh, no, I think he was just pure crazy. He what? All right, so in a way, yeah, kind of was. Didn't was he, want, was he didn't he, want to pass he, that along. Okay, was, was, he, was he drunk? Was he, was yeah, a, yeah uh, violent alcoholic. Okay. Violent alcoholic gambling addict. And so uh, he would um, have this thing where, uh, and this is common among the... Uh, the criminal class, or, or, or definitely the murderer class. The father would, uh, you know, well, first of all, he, he tried to kill you before he even saw you, right? Yeah. Right. So, so now and that shit will affect you. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, in this guy's case, <laughs> might have made him a genius. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, he's bobbing and weaving. The yeah. yeah uh, but he, um, he was not thrilled uh, that he didn't succeed. So obviously, once the child shows up, he's not like Mister Love and Warmth. Yeah, you know. can't even kill a baby. And uh, so he he's his uh, his methods uh, towards the child during uh, the upbringing, and this is towards just like ten, twelve, like you know, is uh, threatening uh, uh, death threats <laughs> um, of you know wild physical abuse. Uh, just a, a sheer campaign of terror. But now, meanwhile, it's contrasted with the mother, who uh, Robert later would be like, oh, you should have you know, prosecuted this fucking psycho for doing this shit to me. Um, but also, like, she had this thing where she was so doting 
on him. Mm. But then her method of abuse was like, if anything happened that she didn't like, it was just pure neglect. Like, walking past you like, I can't see you. So you either got beat or ignored. Yeah, or, yeah, the one thing that you look to as, like, the fountain of love is yeah. now shut off right. real just hard. Your safety. Um, yeah. Which is... And you can't go to dad because that fountain is like hot lava. Right, and in a way, you're like, which is even more fucked up, right? Yes. Because you can count on him. That I he, know, he's always going to be. <laughs> right. That guy's pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I go out there, it's a slap. But with you, it's now this high wire act. Yeah. You know, um, and... Um, so he went to the birds. Hmm. They don't judge. But she she had a thing where she would do it on him, and she would be kind of like, uh, 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 sort of uh, very like devoted to him when it was that time, and she wasn't doing her fucked up shit. And you have uh, to imagine she's fucked up too, right? And she yeah. would she would homeschool him, and then uh, he was very very bright, and. Uh, you know, he had um, one sister was one what one sister uh-huh. was um, mentally handicapped, and you know, as as you'll see, like as as he grows up, like he pretty much you know total fucking like sociopath, like whatever. But he was always like very like doting on her. He was always very kind mm. to his mentally handicapped sister, and he would talk to her as if she was not, and he was borderline. A genius, right? Um, but yeah, it was like the one thing where you're like, you're like, ah, fuck, like he had a heart. What? Yeah, what? The whole like mm. legacy of what happens with this guy is you're like, what does this guy fucking just suck for a thousand years, or is he like actually kind of okay, or like would he be okay if not for these circumstances? Mm. Very much same thing in the, in the Carl Panstrams, mm-hmm. but um, you know his dad is so abusive and. Was he was dad abusive to the the children that weren't his the to the two daughters? Everybody was kind of everybody got kind of fucked up out of the house, but but others he would be nice to. I think he had a, a, a younger brother later uh. that even he would see uh, the dad was like doting on, and the mom became so devoted to the younger brother that he might have even intentionally brought on typhoid fever. Um, and this is like the beginning of his, of his trying to like. You mean the Robert? Bird, the bird, Robert the got it. Yeah. Tried to get typhoid. Yeah, like fucking. With so the, that somebody would take care of me. Yeah, Oof. basically like winning back sympathy from the baby, and trying to be like, yeah. I, you know, like you know, you can like fuck with like meat that's not good and stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah. and like, and he's always very very bright. Yeah. And he did kind of have, he was always like sort of like the sickly child. And it's kind of intimated that it was almost like learned, like to escape abuse, to be the victim. Right. And that carries on then into like him like learning how to kind of like to seduce people and be like the calculating sociopath. Mm -hmm. But also it might have just been like, you know, an abused boy being like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. like, I keep now. Well, they're not, those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, it makes them more justified that they're not even crimes. Right. The scam is even a crime. Right. 
I'm just getting my mom to love me the appropriate amount <laughs> right. that she should. Right. right. Um, I'll let her use these tools that I've developed <laughs> uh-huh. over the years to then perpetrate scams and crimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but, but you, they came from a good place initially. But even, but even then, later on, because of my upbringing, those will be justified. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the kind of, like, thing you can carry with you as... In his head. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, in his head they're justified, but... Right. Right. But then also, he's very, very smart. He's gifted, right. you know? Um, so, you know, he, he has, like, things where, like, he gets back into a regular school system. And because he is so smart and he's been homeschooled by his mother, who dotes on him so much, he's far ahead of these kids. Mm-hmm. So now he's got a superiority complex. And that's not going anywhere good either. No, this is this is a great. It's a super villain one on one. Right, yeah, it's like a real Lego pile being yeah. built here. If he had a monocle, he would wear it. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he had twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's it's a weird thing too because like uh, he's always portrayed as like this frail man in prison and uh, stuff. And he was six two. He was a big old guy. Mm. Um. He's a big bird. <laughs> and, and and he was, you know, he could be uh, physically intimidating and scary, even to the point where, like, you know, his dad was, like, coming at him one time when he was, like, fucking 12 or something. And he just, like, picked up a rock. And stepped. And just held it while punching his dad in the ribs. And he's like, I broke two of my dad's ribs. And he's like, he treated me with respect after that. I love... I, <laughs> I know, I, I know you love I don't dad have, beating. I love dad beating. And I don't have, like, a bad relationship with my dad. I, like... <laughs> the sternness and discipline and shit that I got from my dad was very uh, of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know... Same, yeah. Sometimes... Some things now would be looked down upon, but I wasn't like beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But I, st- I, so I don't have any like deep seated issues with my dad. <laughs> but I do love. I know from Rad's episode. From Rad's yeah. episode, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, I love a kid who gets abused, beating the shit out of their dad. Yeah, Just cracking him one. Just bam, because bam, that, dude. Because the deal- imagine if Jesus Christ. Just ripped himself off of the cross and said, "Fuck you, Dad! I'm not going nowhere, dude." Yeah, and it's our house in Romans. I'm with my boys. Yeah, Paul, all of them. Uh, Mary too. John, Paul, the other one. Judas is here somewhere. Ringo. Uh, Judas, you cool? Even Judas. Yeah. It is pretty cool, <laughs> but, but, you know, so he, he's got this thing, you know, with his mom and like, you know, he's equally kind of horrified by her, like ability to shut off right. the dads, you know. And she's probably scared of the dad. Yeah, yeah. She's punching him when she's holding the kid, hair, yeah. like carrying the kid. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And then even like, how about this? Like imagining like carrying on, like you're cool with it. And you're like, <sighs> If I complain, what the fuck box worm, like, what's that going to open? Yeah, it's yeah. a survival mechanism. So, you know, the, the, he's 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 coming out of this type of thing, and he's having to do these kinds of things, like, in, you know, getting pubes age. Imagine having to deck your dad with a rock <laughs> in your hand and, you and break into two of his ribs. 
Yeah. And you're seeing pubes spread when you have out. Morning, you have morning wood. It's yeah, like, man, maybe if I keep eating my dad more pubes. Will <laughs> yeah, that's where pubes come that's from. That's right. You know, like that's why these guys have big beards. <laughs> and and so you know, he, his dad also took him out of school in third grade and made him just start working. Right. So yeah, that's why they have laws against that. Now. He's got a third grade education, which is. Basically what I got. <laughs> a third grade education back then might actually equal a high school diploma. Yeah. I think they were doing trig. <laughs> and, you know, so he eventually, like, you know, does the fucking Carl Panzram thing where he, you know, goes out and he's like, I am looking for the frontier. You're and I'm hitting the rails. I'm hitting the rails. And the same way as Carl Panzram, he's going to find out real quick. The guys on the rails... It's pretty much Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. be... Uh, yeah, you don't want to be too young on those rails. You how, be, and how old was he when he, he ran out on those? That would be like 13. Yeah, it's... <sighs> boy, just try the circus first. And so that's some guy... That's what I would do. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, we learned that from the, you know all of these yeah. accumulations. Now we know stories. that you joined the circus. Yeah, Before yeah. it was... You know, tie a uh, tie a, ba- a handkerchief to a stick. Yeah, get, get a can a of sardines yeah. and jump onto the train. Yeah, Aaron, I'm no. glad I'm glad you brought that up. You are oh, no. now. Why is that? Because uh, uh, there was a young man uh, who joined the circus in uh, his early years, and uh, then went on to become an actor. And that was Burt Lancaster, who would later portray Robert Stroud as the Birdman of Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, <Orchestra>. shit. <laughs> but he started in the circus. Uh, he knew. And, and he was... Um, he knew better. Than kind of like acrobat abled. And when I went down this whole rabbit hole about, about uh, the Birdman of Alcatraz... He could have been Robin. Uh, uh, yeah. I was... He was pretty much Birdman. Yeah, I call him the Birdman. But only if his parents were murdered in the circus. Right, right. He could become Robin. Fingers crossed. But Burt Lancaster was a guy Bert. that was... Um, Robin portrayed by Burt Ward <laughs> in the 60s. Batman series. Uh-huh. God, yeah. uh-huh. Robin, who was Batman's ward, <laughs> named Dick. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of tie-ins here. Yeah, it's a really it's writes- style reboot of the whole thing. It writes itself. <laughs> But uh, Burt Lancaster was a guy that I became. It was, it was always a name I knew. Yeah, and then yeah, I became absolutely. like fascinated with it as I was looking into the story. And uh, Burt Lancaster was yeah a guy that you know, he fucking started in the circus, had some kind of injury, and he was really bummed out because he was uh, acrobatically talented. Mm. And then he started doing uh, acting and stuff, mm. and then he kind of became big. And he was um, huge in. Uh, Thwarting uh, the whole uh, Red Scare thing, mm-hmm. he was always, he was always like a vowed uh, liberal, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Red Robin, just uh, like a fucking cool ass dude. Yeah. Uh, when nobody would uh, uh, fuck with what's his name, um, McCarthy. Uh, no, no. Uh, oh, uh, Dalton Trumbo. No, no. After he had AIDS, um, oh. Rock, Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson. Mm. He was the one that like really stood by him and was like, "We need to, wow, figure this know, out." Yeah, Ray Lancaster was like a real fucking hero. Wow, you know, um, solid, solid dude. And that's a, a, like another thing that's sort of interesting in the legacy that as it ties to later. But uh, Robert Stroud was um, 
on the rails. Um, and he was uh, probably getting fucked in the ass quite a bit. Yikes. Right? And learning a very hard way of life. Uh, if he hadn't already. Uh, and been been uh, butt fucked. A different a different hard way of life. I mean, like like you the 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 hard life of the home, and yes. then the hard life of the road. Exactly. And he's and he's going. Is there a non hard yeah, life yeah. anywhere? Oh, right, yeah. right. Which is also the exact same train <laughs> that. Carl Panzer was on. Sure. Wasn't the it, same exact train. No, I mean, we, but, it, was, it wasn't the, the, the so, Baltimore to Washington, right. but you know. Right. It was, but they would cross paths, yeah. which is amazing. Oh, oh okay. And uh, they, you know. Uh, Traded tips. Both being like highly intelligent men, but but uh, Robert Stroud was really something special. Mm. Um, He did kind of have some stuff ingrained from him with his mother, which is. Like, just honesty over everything. Mm -hmm. So even, like, as a psychopath, it was like, like Thanos. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't lie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy this rape, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I do not enjoy it. Or I do. But, like, your friend's a lot better. (laughs) But it was, like, that sort of weird thing where, like, Mm -hmm. he's kind of, like, held back by his own, like, weird, distorted morality mm-hmm. that is put upon him by his wildly uh, damaging, overbearing mother. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rob you now, and you won't enjoy it. <laughs> and when he talks about, like, his, uh, you know, early sexuality, he talks about, he goes, boys are easy. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And he goes... And that's a fact. And he goes, you know, women more difficult. And he goes, uh, I, I don't really uh, get off from the stuff with women unless they are... Overbearing and dominating me, right? So it's basically him doing like the mom stuff. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's very interesting. And I need al- him to be like a guy. And also, <laughs> yeah. it was a thing where it was reflecting this thing that basically her, like, his mother shared, which was like, young boys are special, adult men are not. That's right. They must have been Catholic. So this guy, <laughs> Robert Robert Stroud. Was either into like adult, heavy set women, or little boys, or little boys. Yeah, like well, Robert Crumb. What the fuck <laughs> is that? No, Robert Crumb's not into little boys, is he? I don't know. We haven't found the. But definitely, yet. The, definitely the heavy set women. Yeah. Sure. There's no Robert Crumb drawing. I know. Them. What's he gonna do? Sue me? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just throw shit out like that. Oh, it's a half truth, man. <laughs> The whole show's half truth. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, half the show's half truth. <laughs> Quarter truths. Brainwaves. Brainwaves. You, you get it. Brainwaves. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of that in the, at least like, you know, um, the kind of the, the serial killer stuff is like, ah, I got to have sex with my mom's corpse. Mm. And I make a lampshade out of her labia. And I hate my dad. My dad is horribly abusive. So I rape boys. Right. Because they remind me of me or something like Yeah, there's there's also, I mean, there's a million ways to to tease that apart. But also, like, little boys keep secrets. And, you know. They're not adults. They're not adults. They don't get pregnant. And, yeah, well, they don't fight you as, yeah, it's a, I don't don't have to explain it. Yeah. Uh... There is just like the most weirdest thing I happened to come across, which is there was a, a kid that 
uh, survive the electric chair the first time. It was a kid. Oh yeah. It was a kid. Oh god. Do you yeah. know about that? A kid. Yeah. He was, he was like fifteen. Yeah. Was he the shocker? Well, they kept doing it. No. So yeah. So like they let it go. Yeah. Like they were like, and he didn't become a Batman villain. They were like, get out. This is wrong. Because he's just screaming, and then like it was like another year until he got executed. In the meantime, they had found that yeah, they didn't release him. They just said we're not going to kill you today. Right. And, al- and also, like a friend of the victim was one of the guys being like, "This is cruel. You and- fucked up. This is cruel and unusual punishment." Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, they had almost found like evidence that it was uh, a cop that did it, and not this fifteen-year-old child, <sighs> this murder. And something he said in his confession was, "It was a secret between me and him." So it was basically like some white pharmacist was abusing this young black kid mm-hmm. and then he ended up dead and this cop probably fucking killed him mm-hmm. and this guy went to the chair for it. This kid sur- went to the chair. Survived. And then a year later they they successfully is, is Is that the one where they're like he's not tall enough we had to put books underneath him in order to Oh yeah, they had to put a um, no, What I heard was in the case of the botched execution yeah. it was that the guy setting it up was drunk. I gotta kill a kid is that I gotta, listen, man, you don't have to kill a lot of kids. Which so. is just insane. Dude. Yeah, the, if you won. If you survive an execution, you're done. Yeah, there should, you, you should you get be to go. Insane. Don't, I like, don't care what no, you did. No, oh man. yeah. You get Wait, to go. Yes. Some countries it's not a crime to escape jail. They're, did you know that? Because that's what you would so, do. Yeah. That's what I would do. Oh yes. no, it's, it's straight it's up human it's, nature. It's straight up Allah's will in like Iran and a bunch of other countries yeah. like oh, oh well Allah must will it. Right. You know. Um but also similar to that, you know, like later on Robert Stroud when when he would go to jail like for the first time, he was like, I saw kids as young as nine in the jail. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck was going on? What the fuck is going on now? That stuff that still happens. But so anyway. it's a lot better than that. But it, but it's the still fact that it's people still, are still it's still happening. People putting in cages is a growth industry. That's a problem. Oh yes, there are still children being put into jail in the United States. Right, well, they right. could just join the circus. Yes, thank you. They could become the geek. <laughs> but we will, we will, we will get to some some uh, tough questions about uh, incarceration, which uh, okay, 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 I struggle with. Uh, hmm. uh, but what? I'm in- intrigued. So he eventually, like, he kind of has dreams of, like, the frontier and stuff. So he goes out to Alaska, and he gets on, like, some kind and of... And this is 1925? Yeah. I'm guessing. No. He was born in 1890, actually. So this would be 1908. Okay. 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 And, uh... So the frontier, the American frontier is largely, quote-unquote, conquered. Yeah. Uh, Alaska was not a but state. A la- yeah. But not, there's a lot, a lot of things that are undeveloped. Yes. Right. So he he gets to uh, Cordova, Alaska, and he meets uh, Kitty O'Brien, lovely Irish lass, <laughs> and she's thirty six, and oh he's eighteen, and he's eighteen. So you know what profile that fits, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't um, necessarily mean that she's overweight. She could just be a thick lass. Well, I mean, I, in, I, those, I, in those days, overweight wasn't. But much. you're talking about the mother son dynamic. Yeah. I was saying like it has to be somebody that's dominating. 
Yeah, I mean that yeah. was that was his thing. Like he's yeah, like, yeah. I dominate boys. Women have to dominate me, otherwise. Yeah, she, I, she's yeah, thirty six, and, and and she's thirty six, attracted to an eighteen year old, and yeah. she's got her own issues too. Yeah, and right. she probably went to Alaska with a frontier too. Oh. So she is a uh, they got uh, boys out there. A, a, a quote dance hall entertainer and prostitute, <laughs> and uh, he uh, supposedly started pimping her in Juneau, Alaska. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the capital, and. I think he was getting into morphine at this time, too. And uh, on January 18th, um, he was working, and a bartender, uh, F.K. Charlie Von Dahmer. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Those names come up. And <laughs> it's a creep. Like, spelled the same way and everything. F.K. Charlie Von Dahmer. Uh, he um, apparently, like, Hooked up with her, didn't pay her, and also like hit her, and maybe stole a locket from her. And a lot of people have, have, have like been like, this has been dressed up in sympathetic and unsympathetic ways. Mm-hmm. But probably what was going on was this guy just didn't pay for getting right. laid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and maybe yeah, maybe. Or didn't pay the, the extra fee for roughing her up. Right, right. That's not a, that's no, not no, a no, joke. No, that's a real, yeah, that's real. So uh, Stroud uh, found out about it, and he uh, confronted Dahmer, and um, he knocked him out, apparently, and then uh, he shot him uh, as he lay prostrate. Um, and it was, like, from the top of his head, and it came out of his abdomen. So, like, he just... Totally shot a dude lying down mm. unconscious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then he was, he was like, you know, on or on, hit almost on his knees, like falling down. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. But he uh, apparently just told the policeman, like, yeah, I shot a man, and he had this thing of uh, shot a man in Juno, just to, <laughs> just you know. just watch him die. And he said something along the lines of like, well, he beat my hooker. And took her shit. Yeah. He said something like, like uh, somebody did a woman wrong, and I was there to fix it. I, I am vengeance. And, and just being like, I am not sorry in mm-hmm. the least. Yeah. Right? And this is Alaska. Forget mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> Forget about it. It's Inuit town. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... 1909, August 23rd, he was found guilty of manslaughter. Uh, there was a new uh, judge in town that was uh, trying to do uh, strict law and order. He sent oh, him, sends him to the maximum of 12 years. And uh, he was sent to McNeil Island in Washington in Puget Sound. Beautiful uh, Puget Sound. Absolutely beautiful. Nice view, I hope. Absolutely gorgeous. Good place to go to prison. Yeah. Um, and it was... Um, it was... Kind of like a weird thing because it happened in Alaska, but they made it part of the federal system. <laughs> right? Interesting. Because it was a territory? Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine if you shoot somebody in Guam or Puerto Rico, you probably go to some sort of federal type of thing. Yeah. Um, so he, he was... No a- idea. If you're a lawyer, feel free to comment, but I won't read it. Yeah, we got an MD on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's good enough. Yeah, we we know enough. So he goes to uh, prison then uh, for the rest of his life. <laughs> that's the end of his free life. What twelve years though? 
You said it, neighbor. Okay. And uh, so he goes to McNeil Island. He's known as one of the most violent prisoners. And, and he's 18, 19? And he's 18. And he goes to McNeil Island, and he's sentenced to 12 years, but that will eventually be... Okay, gotcha. Catching up. So he was... Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a screw, a little prison guard, you might call it if you're... Mm-hmm. You could be a a king or a lowly street sweeper, yeah. <laughs> but sooner or later, you're gonna dance with the reaper. Inmates, um, he, he was uh, he was also you know supposed to be uh, prone to physical ailments, whether or not that was uh-huh. a ruse uh-huh. or whatever. Um, I do kind of think there was some sort of thing where maybe throughout his whole thing, he was uh, willing to. Look like the victim when he was actually like pretty brutal person. Mm-hmm. But if you just saw like you know the deck stacked against him, you'd be like, oh, I've, I've, <laughs> I, I, uh, I have my sciatica. Yeah, right, right. Um, so he he was uh he, he was very known as being one of the most <laughs> violent to inmates and staff, and uh, frequently sick. And um, he was trying to get morphine. In, or he was getting morphine in. And they were doing this crazy system where they were doing a thing where, like, you could lick it off the stamps that were set in. And they had to, like, God, they had to, like, do some sort of mail processing there. Yeah, right. There was a lot of mail processing going on there. <laughs> when you, yeah, when you moved there. But yeah, there was this whole kind of smuggling operation. No wonder he was so angry. There was no chicks. Yeah. No older domineering women. No boys. Per- and there were no boys. It's no. all... Dad. Yeah. But the only morphine they had was potion stamps. So, you, know. you gotta fucking like this. Huh? You gotta get into the mail. Uh-huh. So he was in that whole thing. He had this whole ring going, and he had a kind of like a. It was all kind of wagered on like this like intimidation uh, campaign mm-hmm. against like orderlies and stuff. <laughs> and one of them eventually just like snitches, and then like the whole fucking thing comes down. And one of the other people involved in like the smuggling morphine in to McNeil. Also snitches. And Stroud is just like, you're all my enemies. <laughs> like, that's that. <laughs> yeah, homeschooled, beaten by his parents, neglected by another parent. Superiority complex. Just never, does not know how to deal with people. Yeah. And then it gets into jail. So he assaulted the, the orderly and um, then- The person who was taking care of him. Uh, his first uh, fake yeah, ailments, right. fake or real ailments, and yeah. getting the morphine in, and uh, and then also uh, somebody else that snitched later. He assaulted another inmate, mm. and he like confided to somebody else. He's like, "I'm just sorry, I didn't succeed killing them." Yeah, yeah, complete. <laughs> my greatest regret, yeah, <laughs> is in, that I didn't kill you in my 19 years of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he 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 was just like, like that was also a thing that was kind of like bred into him too, where it was just like. I don't want anybody to be smarter than me in school. I will do anything to prove I am mm. the top. Well, when you're homeschooled, I mean, no one is. And your sister's retarded. Yeah. No, but then he goes to a real school and he's just like. But he already is smarter than everybody. Yeah, there is no competition. Like, I'm, right, I'm right. going to prove that I'm smarter than everybody else. Well, I mean, as far as we know, like, you know. And also, it's the thing, too, like we were saying, like. It's almost Riddlerish. Like again, it's the most Batman villain. It's right. Like, it's like I, I need to be the smartest at I, any cost. I have to, even if it means cheating. Yeah. Uh, 
and that that will get in my own way. The need to be the smartest will get in my own way. Right. And the violence of the parents uh, uh, mm-hmm. not wanting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't exactly drop him off at a zoo. Or, yeah, they didn't put him into a little thing and a little, bit, a little baby carry to the sewer. But yeah. I, I'm I'm waiting for the bird stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets. He, and I'm smarter than all these motherfucking birds, man. <laughs> That's why they love me. They got bird brains. <laughs> so in September of 1912, he is sentenced to, to initial uh, six months for the attacks, and he is transferred to uh, the brand new federal penitentiary of Leavenworth, Kansas. Oh, dude, Leavenworth? Yeah. That's, uh, that's a nightmare. It, did, it was, like, pretty much still being built, and it did have a thing where it was, like, uh, you know, still very, very serious. Um, But also, you know, it would come about that, the, like, having a federal penitentiary in, like, a state like Kansas, like, it had some caveats. You know what I mean? No. What, what, Meaning what, what, that what it mean? wasn't on the in the frontier. It was c- closer to Amer- the Amer- America. America is that. And not mean? only that, but just also that like federal law didn't specifically mean that like it was going to be all one way. Like for instance, uh, if you were uh, uh, the nine year olds weren't shacked up with the thirty six year olds. No, what I'm saying is it, like 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 you, you're balancing that whole states rights thing. Right. And so part of that would be, for instance, Kansas would be like, all right, you can have your fucking federal penitentiary here. But if anybody goes to this penitentiary from Kansas uh, and their spouse lives here, like they're not getting transferred anywhere else. They stay in Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. So there's this weird kind of balance. Oh, oh, the, wow. uh, uh, um, and, and, and like all of that stuff home, about, home rule. about the law and, and, uh, and everything like it, it, Kansas inmates get special preferential treatment. Yeah, yeah. Right. But also like, you know, like just like other weird stuff, like in the Panjram stuff, like it's like people would like, you know, appeal to the Supreme court and like, you know, just a whole fucking like crazy weird thing. Like, it's not as if like once you were convicted of being like a horrible criminal, as if like people could do whatever they wanted with you, like some like it was open to like interpretation in a weird way. Well, yeah, I mean, well, like Aaron was saying, like the the rules of the prison in Alaska are there's there's not they're not attached to any sort of country. Meanwhile, the rules of the the prison in Kansas have Kansas is a state. Yeah, it's getting in, in federal funding, States. and there are oh yeah, well even even rules. even bringing him there are rules even bringing him to Washington was a thing where it was like all oh, right, all right, we're gonna make sure he's you gotta get his shots. He's properly his passports. But Kansas has different rules than even Washington, is what you're saying. The, it, the, this local well, uh, McNeil, I don't think was a federal prison, and then Leavenworth. Oh, was. okay, okay, okay. So then, yes, that, so there are it, def- it, definitely it, different. It rules even there. like goes up like another way. But so he um he goes there uh and at first you know when he was in McNeil for instance like <laughs> he was like considered already like so smart that he was dangerous that they would do things like tie his arms to the bars of the cell like he'd be like crucified on bar like shit like that like like when fucking Hannibal Lecter comes out. Yeah, it doesn't seem like preferential treatment yet. Yeah, they no, were, but he got like core strength and shit. Yeah, yeah, and they gave him. You a lot figure of out ways to be like ah, I'm isometrics training. There's but a lot, it was there's a lot of cracks. To, it, to it, it, it really, it really was a thing like that where they'd be like, 
the guy could he'll figure out something to do and most of it would be was like mental acuity of like manipulating other people mm -hmm. oh it hurts so bad <laughs> i'm like i'm not joking i don't i am not joking either like it'd be a thing where he he like later on he would have riots just to amuse himself you mm -hmm. know uh, and he real and so uh, like the prison administration, and we've said before, you know, it's kind of a thing of like yeah, the criminal and the cop have the same IQ. So they see yeah, a they probably went to the same high school. So yeah. they so they see a high high IQ guy coming in and they're like, this is gonna be a pain in my fucking ball sack, mm -hmm. you know. And he was that pain in the ball sack. Mm -hmm. So then they're like, all right, we gotta get him out of here. Let's send him to fucking Leavenworth. And at first, he's going in there, and they're like immediately. Immediately, they're saying, like, isolation, mm -hmm. which is just mm -hmm. incredibly cruel and unusual. Yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. torture. But he was that notoriously violent mm -hmm. and disruptive Yeah, that they were like, trust me, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, you got no choice here. I always think about this with, with guys like when it was... Um, Manson or with any of the guys in that federal prison that were like the Unabomber is and where like, you know, there's like four guys in that one Supermax mm -hmm. and they're on like 23 hour lockdown and shit. And I always, I just get this weird esoteric thing where like this person is nuclear waste mm -hmm. and we just have to contain, we have to Chernobyl build cement around them so that they're toxic Whatever energy doesn't spread to the yeah, other people yeah. because, like, if you just, you know, it, it's. It, I think it was in that that Superman comic where it's like he was going to talk you into suicide in three minutes. Yes, you know that kind of thing where somebody's yeah. on such another like you just don't even listen to him talk because it it's going to end well for end bad for everybody. Yeah, yeah, and, but also you know that some of that. I mean the the Superman comic, uh, Red Sun, uh, you know, on another level, but. How much of that is because they only, you have turned their life into five minutes where they have to make a difference, the biggest totally. change. Absolutely. Right? And it, 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 that is really like, it's a, yes, they're insane, but it's also a failure of your own management yes. of the fact and that the you system have not, in general. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, and I, and I'm not saying it's the right no, thing. I know, but it's yeah. fascinating. You know, yeah. if you, if you just took nuclear waste and you put it on the floor and you said, and now what do we do? Right. <laughs> These people are not nuclear waste. They are people. Yeah. But, but to the system, to like, you know, the living entity that is the system yeah. around it. Yes. Uh, it is toxic yeah. to the whole structure. Yeah. It's like you just open the door in, 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 a, in a cave and the sun bursts out. And you're like, how do we do, how do, we keep it in now? Right. And it's just too late. Yeah. I think there is something to the argument that like you put somebody into isolation and it is completely deteriorating your mind and that is the facts and it's the however <laughs> for some people if you put like an already deliriously crazy person in there you're like what's to ruin yeah <laughs> well they're not gonna, they're not going to get better in there though yeah. and no but it becomes strictly punitive. Yeah. But at first, there was a thing where um, he was thriving. In solitary? In solitary, in Leavenworth. And they hated that. And <laughs> probably Well, I mean, it, it would become much, much, much more of that. But 
he uh he had a thing you know his mom was coming out and like it was like he's supposed to get like you know fucking uh some visit from his brother and he had some you know minor infraction in Leavenworth and some guard on duty was like reprimanding him for it and he was like knowing it was going to jeopardize his meeting with his brother and uh so in front of 1,100 uh, inmates, he stabbed the guard in the heart, killing him. Uh, nice. And <laughs> it's about sending a message. He, should, yeah, he, sent a, he sent a message, all right. And, it, you know, it's like a thing where you're like, all right, well, you know. I live my life by three words. Uh, the guy, yeah. The guy is like, you know, it, 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 it's a thing where you're like, yeah, I, I I don't fucking like the the screw position. Like a lot of guys like enjoying subjugating other human beings, mm-hmm. having other people like do what they say under like the punishment of like violence mm-hmm. and cage. Like I'm like, you know, I don't know how you could fucking do that and sleep at night. But also, this guy is a dangerous psychopath mm-hmm. and he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So like. You know, that's not good either, mm-hmm. right? But also, like, he, he does it in front of everybody, and he's just like, yeah, that's what I fucking did. Like, Hell yeah. That's, that's what that is, you know? Like, my mother had, you know, she gave me a code, and it was honesty. You know? I'll never see her again, but yeah, yeah. She, she knows what's up. And so, yeah, he um he had a, a, a shiv, and he stabbed him, and uh, he was convicted of uh, first-degree murder, and now that's a federal employee. Mm-hmm. And that's a life sentence. And... Uh, he was uh, sentenced to death by hanging, and the sentence was overturned by the Court of Appeals. Second trial in 1917, uh, he was convicted, but he was, after receiving a life sentence, the Solicitor General John W. Davis voluntarily submitted a confessed error because he wanted Stroud to receive the death penalty. He was tried a third time for this thing in May 1918, and on June 28th, he was again sentenced to death by hanging. Now his mom comes out of Alaska. And she's like... Why was she in Alaska? Uh, that's, that's, that's where they went for... Uh, that's how uh, Robert went up there for uh, like gold rush stuff. Oh. Oh, so, okay, got it. Yeah. And uh, she... The mother went to Woodrow Wilson. The president. Yeah. Not high school. <laughs> I know a lot of people went to Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, the execution was halted on the 15th of April, 1920, eight days before it was supposed to be, uh, carried out. And, uh, his sentence was commuted to life imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the warden of Leavenworth, T.W. Morgan, was, uh, very against the decision. And he persuaded the president to be like, Yo, it's got to be solitary. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker's dangerous. Yeah. So, I mean, how fucking good is this mom? <laughs> Pretty impressive. Like, holy shit! Like, she just like she didn't give up. Like, it was like this dogged thing of like this kid. She barely gave a fuck about him. <laughs> like, she got it done, and then the warden's like, "Hold on, he's nuts." And he's like, "Oh yeah, let him yeah, go." His mom like she sucks a mean one, you know. <laughs> I just think like Forrest Gump. Yeah, 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 right. 
so uh, the warden, uh, you know, is like, okay, it's got it's got to be solitary confinement, and um, then uh, Woodrow Wilson's Attorney General Alexander Mitchell Palmer saw to it that Stroud would spend the rest of his life in solitary confinement. Christ, and still uh, in Leavenworth at this point. Yeah, Leavenworth, and uh, 1920, he uh, he's in the prison yard. And he finds a nest with three injured sparrows. And that just starts the whole Birdman of Alcatraz deal. Mm. And we'll be right back. And we're back. Did you see the face he's making? I don't. I look away. <laughs> Fuck you. No, no. Um, I, it's like you get to turn it on. To avert my eyes. The presence. Yeah, Medusa. Did you see the uh, delirious uh, smash and grab in Beverly Hills today? No, I just I happens that happens so often now. Well, yeah. Tra- so, which crime, one? Crime is up in Hollywood, but not the rest of LA. Uh, yeah, I mean... Hollywood, B-Hills. In in the area where, Baldwin Hills? where they have uh, windows with jewelry in them. Smash that shit. And a bunch of guys, like, it was, I just saw footage today, it was kind of dope. <laughs> yeah. There's this guy, like, going past, and he's like, you see somebody else going like, oh my god, I can't believe you're doing what you're doing. And, like, dudes that, like, had, like, the hammers are like sledgehammers are right, like right. smashing it, like running away with like you know masks on, mm-hmm. and then the other dudes like left behind, like still just clearing out like the necklaces and every everything in the display, mm-hmm. and somebody just rolling by it, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yoga class can be tough, today. but so I'll take that. That's a thing that like kind of you know corresponds with some of the stuff I want to talk about here, which is like one of those things where you're like. There's a part of me that goes like, nice. Yeah, but and also there's a part of me that goes like, are kids walking home from school right now? Yeah, like, yeah. And everybody who did that got like fucking like ten percent of it, and all the money goes to the guys who pay them to do that. Right, right. But like, just like a thing of like, you know, uh, if hopefully a, not. I well, mean, yeah, hopefully it's I a did. grassroots kind of collective <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd, of no, Julie Roberts. I think it's an astroturf type of thing. You know? I, but like, right. how many people would be like, fucking? Oh, I live in you know West Hollywood, where it's like you know like Ritz fucking. I mean, uh, to be center. fair, to be fair, if anybody. Is familiar with West Hollywood. Ninety percent of it is not Ritz. It is dirty and gross. I don't feel that way. West Hollywood. Well, West Hollywood is. I mean, the parts of the street okay, are literally no, I, I, paved I, with rainbows. I guess Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood is a yes. fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, West Hollywood. Okay, okay, West Hollywood okay. is Beverly Hills adjacent. Yes, it's no. its own city, but it still has its own. Yeah, but mm. it has. There's some. There are some. I mean, minimal compared to Hollywood, it's fucking compared to East Hollywood, even. Dude. Well, especially East Hollywood, but I guess the line for me, Fairfax was always the dividing line. Yeah, and anything west of Fairfax is better than anything east sure, of Fairfax. That's yeah, fair, that's fair. And a lot of it is that Fred Siegel man is the fucking Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it is also and like this is the thing my dad said like about New York. He was like, dude. <laughs> If, if it's a gay neighborhood, it's clean, mm-hmm. it's safe, it's cool. Like, West Hollywood is, like, 
But that's how you know the Silver Lake's not gay anymore. <laughs> right. Make Silver Lake gay again. Yeah, yeah. we got to gay yeah. it up again. Yeah. And it's up to us. Mm-hmm. One right gay- here in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, really, like, he's not wrong. Like, anytime it's ever a gay neighborhood, it's like... Good looking, cute, safe, like it like gay neighborhoods are the best. Yeah, yeah. You it's uh it's a little bit of an overgeneralization, yeah, but yeah. I come under- on, tell me about the gay hood. Some parts of San Francisco. Okay. I, okay fair enough. I haven't been. San Francisco uh, is uh-huh. kind of a shithole now uh-huh. all around. Really? Yeah. There's gay ghettos? There's gatos. <laughs> and there's oh, hot so flame and hot gatos. <laughs> Which was invented by a janitor. Con limon. You got to go down to Castro for that. I, I stand by it. I think no. And in general, you know, the game because you know they're not they don't have kids. They have disposable income. Right. Uh, they party. Usually it's two guys and double, it, it, double income. And it has to be safer because they you know yeah you you don't want to get gay bashed. Not just, unless you're into it, that thing. It's also a thing that's like good taste. Not, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're beyond. We've moved beyond. That is. You're mad about taste. No, no, I'm not mad about taste. I see I'm skeptical about. I'm skeptical about it. Really? Yeah. That there's queer eye for the straight guy and not. No, listen, man. Come straight taste great. For the... Ass tastes great. Yeah. That's not the taste I'm talking about. But listen, man. I've my dad has rented out enough apartments to some gay dudes that are fucking war zones. Really? After they died or moved out or whatever. You heard it here first. Yeah, what time. do you? Well, I mean, do you think Pansram had a fucking immaculately decorated prison cell? Well, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't avowedly uh, gay. Isn't, uh, isn't, isn't, isn't the women's bathroom the you know like the stereotypically grosser than the men's bathroom? We're not talking about gay men here. But I'm just if you believe in gender, I don't. No, I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, so I this mean, whole conversation is a moot point. Yeah, it I is mean, a moot point. Yeah, what are we're we, all what, disgusting. What are we mm-hmm. doing? What are we? And doing? that's facts. That's right. Everybody's that's gross, right. and that's great. I don't care what you like. Yeah. What slop? Yeah. Yeah. Serve it up. Slurp it up. <laughs> Slurp it up. So anyway, this uh, uh, hot. No offense to any of the uh, good taste or bad tasting homosexuals out there. Just not going to generalize all of them. That's all. As having good taste. That's right. Yeah. I don't think even homosexuals would characterize all of themselves as having good taste. What? Per, <laughs> per capita? Per capita? Oh, uh, well. Come on. Come on. I mean, probably. Possibly. But that's because, you know. Possible. Come on, Define man. good taste. Yeah. Define good taste. There's no reason. Like, come on. There's no, no like, There's no accounting for taste. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to stereotype on this show. You there's know? No, I don't believe in stereotyping on this show, okay? That's for the Jews. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right? Great. But <laughs> we got the Boys out. Town, uh-huh. usually in lots of neighborhoods, where the Boys Town is, it's nice. It's nice. Mm-hmm. West Hollywood. Yes. The streets literally have rainbows paved on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's modern gold right there. Yeah. I think there's uh I think there's some some good good shit going on there in, yeah. in multiple ways. Don't disagree. Uh all right, we figured it out. John, your thoughts. Anyway, this guy, he's not good there in any way. Um <laughs> <laughs> So he, you know, uh, Robert Stroud, he finds these these uh, sparrows and they're injured and um, 
Prisoners at the time were allowed to have pets, including canaries and dogs. Um, what? Punks. <laughs> punks. Yeah, canaries. Punks. Skunks. Punks. <laughs> Wobblies. Yeah. It, it was the thing I was going to say uh, earlier when I was talking about like like in his riding the rails days or the rails riding him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was like a thing where like the ashen-faced hobo, you know, with the sack over his yeah. shoulder, he would just have a boy. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that boy would basically be a tradable commodity. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how much it was mm-hmm. that sort of atmosphere. Yeah. It wasn't a good time for bindles or boys back then. It was... And, well, and, the boys and, and the, the guys on the train were just like, man, that's that, that right. car 34. That's... Which probably, yeah, it probably wasn't like, you know, the, the the most like, you know, that wasn't the standard, but it was a thing that happened and the other yeah. hobos on the train would be like, oh, okay. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a weird thing there too where it's almost like a pre-prison type deal where you're going like, okay, now I'm trapped in this thing to hopefully get me to a better place with a bunch of guys that want to rape me and do gleefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then when it stops, there's some guy that's like a railway cop mm-hmm. that's trying to put me in jail. The the bull, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you know, so 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 one of the things that was, you know, older Panzram was like Panzram was like finds one of those railway cops, gets it, and there's like two other hobos in the railway car, mm-hmm. and he rapes the railway car guy, the mm-hmm. cop, and then he makes the other two hobos do it too. Right. And then he writes about it going like, pretty nice, huh? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it uh, kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 just, not it's not. It's not good. But he, you can see it from his point of view. From him being like, yes, we're an insane person. Yes, <laughs> like yes, a, sure. Like I made those rapists of boys rape this cop. I mean, yeah. It, but, but no, it, but those it, guys it's like the wolves eating themselves. Yeah, he's going. I mean, everybody was chasing everybody around. <laughs> it was nuts. But at the at the same time, you contrast that with the Woody Guthrie railroad narrative where. Uh, maybe he just doesn't Where he talk left all it. that stuff out. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't talk about it. But also, maybe it wasn't always like that. Right. It's a guy so like, much of I, it is a class and economics thing, and time and place. But also, a guy like Panzram and the Birdman seem seem to have a gravity that brings those things around, or they're him. attracted to the right. I mean, you know, and so a guy like Woody is like, okay, that place seems not safe. I won't go there. Right. I'll go where the safe hobos are, and right. that doesn't happen over there. I think there's a little bit of you can't assume that like guys like Young Stroud and Panzram would would be like, I want the rape car. <laughs> Like you can't. No, but you can also assume no, that they people, made people bad decisions. Th- people sort themselves. Yeah, out. sure. And they see weirdo guys that look like them. Yeah, right. that guy's got a kid with him. Yeah. Oh, they carry the fire. Yeah. 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 And they eat hot Cheetos in that movie too. <laughs> you guys see Nightmare Alley, the the new one? No, I heard it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. It's a remake. Yeah, Ad- it is adaptation of a novel and then remade. And uh, then controversial in its time. Controversial in its time? Uh, the bit. original. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Burt Lancaster was in it, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he was. Mm. Yeah, I forget why. I, it was kind con- I just... Oh, well, I mean, it's... I mean, it's... I mean, it has to do with geeks in the circus oh, and okay. downfall and manipulate... I mean, it's... I would, I, I would recommend it. Okay. Yeah. And then train cars and all sorts mm-hmm. of hobos and shit and ups and downs and... 
such. So Robert Stroud taking care of these sparrows. Mm-hmm. Other prisoners allowed to have pets, believe it or not. Uh, they're allowed to buy canaries, and uh, they would get sick of them, and then he would uh, add to his collection, start taking care of them. And uh, if they were sick and they died, then he would like dissect them. Mm-hmm. And what was wrong with them? Yeah, he would figure out the whole thing. And uh, they gave him a scalpel. He uh, he he was <laughs> hard to imagine. He was doing a lot of stuff with uh, the canaries to uh, sell them, which he somehow was able to, and that was to support his mother, which had moved to Kansas to support his you know uh campaigns to get out of prison mm-hmm. so he would like breed them or something yeah okay. yeah um actually j edgar hoover bought a canary from robert stroud huh it's a hell of a hell of a sentence that's an american history sentence uh when when he first started he used a razor blade and 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 his fingernails for tools to make uh cages uh huh. and uh Soon after this started, uh, the prison regime changed, and the warden was this guy, William Biddle, and he was impressed, and he was uh, very much a reformer, and very similar time to, like I, like I said, like in the Panzer episode in Portland, when the reformist uh, mm-hmm. warden was being like, Panzer, you want to fucking escape all the time? Here, go out. Come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then he trusts him, and then he's suddenly f- waving the flag in front of the prison band, like the most, yeah, you know, proper. <laughs> well, no, in the in the history of a, a American uh, therapy, the, there were these different generations, and one of them became instead of locking them up and treating them like animals, what if we had more open, uh, open prisons, mm-hmm. more open uh, uh, therapist therapy wings, mm-hmm. you know, so they yeah. can change the design. Yeah, instead of the, of the panopticon, it became like open plans yeah. and shit like that. And yeah. you know, sunlight and and you know, places to, to roam. Yeah, and and then eventually that was deemed uh, too expensive. And so then that would be pared yeah. back, and they would all be put back in the places they were. Well, I mean, you know, the dichotomy of like the warden's uh, reformist versus not. Yeah, especially in uh, uh, our sixth episode with uh, Carl Panzer, I was mm-hmm. saying like it goes from a guy being like, "You're always trying to escape, Carl. Here you go. Go out and come back at six a.m. tomorrow morning. Do whatever you want." And it, the first night, he's just like standing there waiting to be shot the minute he moves a muscle and then he goes back in and then he realizes he's let out again and he's like oh I can actually do it like I actually can go into right. town. my favorite part is the escaping right <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if I escape and I don't come back I can't keep escaping and then, and then he just got too drunk one night and he was like he missed his curfew and he's like I got into a shootout with the cops because I was too embarrassed to face the warden that put his trust in yeah, yeah yeah right right but in the meantime he had become a model prisoner uh, the warden was like, can you play an instrument? He's like, no. And he's like, can you play ball on the prison team? He's like, no. He's like, well, can you fucking stand in front of the band and wave a goddamn flag? And he's like, yeah. Hell yeah. So Carl Panzram, right, right. the most anti-prisoner ever, for a moment, right. was the model prisoner. Right. And it was showing, like, just giving, giving these guys some trust, you know. But that's also... 
He's also an, an anomaly in oh, general. It's just but it, it does speak to tailor tailor the sentence and punishment to the prisoner. Right. Yes, yes. And also the thing is, is like before and after that, it's harsh torture. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about harsh torture to the point where there's a doctor on hand to make sure you don't die from mm-hmm. the torture. Mm-hmm. Like the it's so excruciating. And this is the twentieth century. Being yeah, electrocuted yeah. in a bathtub mm-hmm. before and after. And in the meantime, the one guy's like, Yeah, you can go out to town. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like I was just being electrocuted in a bathtub. Well, no, and, what, and then now I'm going back to that. What's going on is is changes in uh Ideas of philosophy, changes in funding of these institutions. Oversight, medicine, technology. Yeah, and, and, and uh, a, a new idea of the human body. And then in that same vein, it changes back because of the reverse, especially of funding. Yeah. And what do we do with these people? And so those, and this is a simplification, but in general, they, they there was a, a new idea of how to treat crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, much like we saw, you know, later again, there's it, there's a again, it's a cyclical have, nature. In the eighties. Yeah. There's yeah. a cyclical nature to all of this, where where. But I love that idea of that prison warden just being like, okay, like you want to escape? What now? Get out. Yeah. What now? You can't leave. Well, I mean, be back. Know, putting someone in solitary. Does that help them, or does it help you having to deal with them? Right. right. And so that's the thing, you know, it, it was Carl Panzerim. I think it was, like, a guy that was just, like, abused too far. I don't think he is the uh, dyed-in-the-wool psychopath, uh, sociopath that Robert Stroud is, but... Sure. You know. Um, but who's to say? Who is to say? Robert Stroud... Started taking care of these birds. Other prisoners at the time, they had a reformist uh, warden. They were allowed to have pets, and a lot of them had canaries, and he started taking care of them. And when Strad went into prison, like, like I told you, like his dad took him out of school in third grade, barely literate. And it's isolation. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, no books or anything, I mean, yeah. I mean, he 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 did get a hold of every like single book he and like figured it out. But like when you see his writing, mm-hmm. you can see like the endless run-on sentences. Like he sure, he right, doesn't right. understand punctuation mm-hmm. and grammar and stuff. But he figures out. But those books, we know those books are like hockey's. <laughs> yes. What was that? We know those types of books. Rich people love them. <laughs> yeah. So like he he's got he. he Oh, through the years, he raises 300 canaries in, in the cell, right? He writes uh, Diseases of Canaries, 1933. Terrible grammar and all that stuff. But it is distributed amongst ornithologists. Ornithologists? Yeah, ornithologists mm-hmm. are, are... Ornithologists mm-hmm. throughout the world. Right, and I heard it was, like, smuggled out. Yes. That's, it, like, one of the few things I know yes. about oh, the uh, Birdman of Alcatraz. Yes. Is that it was, like, it... It just it got out of prison. Yeah, because it was a thing of like, at first I was like, "Oh, this motherfucker is," um, you know, the reform warden is going, "Oh, look what he can do if he has these." And so he actually like gave him like um, equipment, mm-hmm. get you know, and and all this stuff, and uh, 
a tour through the prison, it would end. Here's the Birdman of fucking Leavenworth, right? And here's and he would have like the the birds would perform and shit. You know what I mean? And he was like, here's the fucking the jewel of the prison. Here's like the most reformed guys, like, you know. But it was also a money scheme to keep his mom like, mm-hmm. you know, funded, uh, being in the state, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so then they're kind of like, all right, well, that's fucked up. He is a murderer uh, several times over. No, he shouldn't be making money, they ba- think? Yeah, uh, basically remorseless. And um, what is he? How was he making money? I don't understand. Uh, it would be like uh, uh, selling the birds. To other prisoners? Or, he, or even or, J. Edgar Hoover, like I said. Oh, he would be selling birds to just whoever would buy birds from right. the man. And then, you know, uh, keeping... But but he was also, like, now in the ornithologist community around the world. So mm-hmm. there's so much shit coming in because he's so smart that... There's only one guy for the job. <laughs> everybody in prison, like, they have a thing where it's like, it's got to get opened, the mail, it's got to get read, it's got to get proved, it's got to get passed on. He's got so much mail from the scientific community that he gets his own secretary. In Leavenworth Prison. Do you think they put heroin on uh, morphine on the stand? <laughs> <laughs> I would bet. Do you think that was the scam? Like, <laughs> yeah. My long game is to become such a respected ornithologist that I get, that I get so them. much mail that I'll never want for morphine again. I like all the stamps. So Diseases of Canaries, Aaron, as you said, completely correctly, is 1933, smuggled out of Leavenworth. Later edition, Stroud's Digest on the Diseases of Birds, 1943, a decade later, with updated specific information. He made several important contributions to avian pathology, most notably a cure for hemorrhagic septicemia, family of diseases. Mm Mm-hmm. So sept- septicemia is a uh, blood infection, blood right. infection. Yeah. And hemorrhagic septicemia is uh, a, bleeding, a, bleeding blood, like bleeding out the eyes and bleeding out the bleeding, bleeding out the shit. So yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. had uh, a straight up cure for that. You just, and you just snap the bird's neck. <laughs> and that was a, you stab a warden. <laughs> you do it dirty. That was kind of the thing. They were like he, he cured a bird disease. They were like, this is a guy that could like sort of sociopathically watch a bird die and then just yeah. be like, What happened? And then just cut it open and figure it out. Wow. But then like he was actually fucking like yeah. I mean, making major advancements in mm-hmm. bird medicine. Yeah, very, very much a Batmanian villain, or, 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 or I guess you could say some comic book. You could say comic books in general, but you know there is always the 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 doctor who goes bad. F- well, he be I guess he became a doctor eventually, yeah. but he didn't start out as one. But oh yeah, um, you kind of get like uh, it's a little it's a little lecture. A little bit. <laughs> oh no! It's actually deliberately Lecter. I think almost in a specific instance, and that would be when he uh, later on comes across Carl uh, Panzerem and actually talks him into killing himself. I think that's deliberately where Hannibal Lecter. Are you fucking kidding I'm me? I'm not joking. I think in uh, the books and movies where Hannibal Lecter talks uh, a fellow inmate in the uh, isolation thing into mm-hmm. killing himself. 
I think it comes from Robert Stroud talking Carl Panzram into doing it, which he did. Fucking spoiler alert. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't succeed with Carl Panzram. Oh. Carl Panzram was still hung. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, or hanged. (laughs) He was hung. Yeah, a little bit of both. Compared to those kids? (laughs) Yeah. But it was, they also thought one of those things where it was like, no bigger fish than me on the block. And so he 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 tried to talk him into it. Is are you going to get to it? I don't. No, yeah, he, you know, I mean, I don't mind talking about it. But it was just a thing where he was just like, oh, you know, they're going to do this thing to you, whatever, blah blah. Like, if you want to like kind of show them up and like be the rebel, you do it yourself, and yeah. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. Right. And he told him how to like nick the artery between the groin and mm-hmm. and the thigh, which uh, is very lector. Yes. And so I would guess that that whole thing in uh, the Lecter mythology came exactly from that exact encounter. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. And a lot of times, because, you know, uh, Stroud ended up 54 years in captivity. A bird in the cage. (laughs) A lot of times just for his own entertainment. You know? Um, But, you know, still... You know, he was making these miraculous advancements mm-hmm. in, in fucking mm-hmm. veterinary medicine. And so the rest of the community was going like, oh, what the fuck? You know, this guy, if he wasn't, you know, blah, blah. And, like, and so it has this kind of like, you know, like liberal bent to it where people are going like, Oh, but maybe what if he maybe, wasn't in. All, but then the other side is like he got that way, yeah, because he, he was, yeah. And also, and also, he never apologized for it. The same way Carl Panzram never did. Yeah, like he, he, like, like I said again with his mother's like thing of like dignity, honesty. Mm-hmm. Like when he killed the fucking guy that didn't mm-hmm. pay Kitty, he went up to a cop and he's like, "I killed a man." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um. But he still would also be kind of prone to play some of those psychological games sometimes. But so, yeah, uh, when when Biddle was the reformist and he was, like, proud of him, he furnished him with cages, uh, chemicals, uh, visitors could go see this whole thing. But then it became disgusting because birds shit all the time. Yeah, and they they piss and shit Mm -hmm. with the cloaca. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got one. (laughs) Where do you keep it? <laughs> no, I have a cloaca. <laughs> and so, the, where do you keep it? the uh, inside my cloaca? Between that and the secretary, and it just smells like shit. And he's not the most hygienic. Um, he he was just disgusting, right? Mm-hmm. And his uh, his business was trying to be shut down by the prison authorities, and his mom got involved, and uh, a bunch of ornithologists, and they were like. We'll clean this shit up. You gotta keep this guy's work going. And they just gave him an extra cell. Oh, wow. So he just got to spread out. Like, it was fucking nuts. It's it's birds in cages and bird men in in cages. I mean, Nicholas Cage was in The Rock. (laughs) And this is is like this. The Rock is in. Which is Alcatraz. (laughs) Alcatraz itself means bird. And that that was like during like prison overcrowding. Right. So an extra cell was given to these birds just mm-hmm. to like play out this idea of reform right. yeah. among a prisoner, you mm-hmm. know? And um, so uh, that that really came from uh, this woman, Delamay Jones, who was an 
ornithologist from uh, Indiana that he had become pen pals with. And she started lobbying kind of in the place of the mother. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> what do you say? Was she a great big fat person? Uh, and so they, they were like, uh, you know, she moved to Kansas too in 31 because they had like become so close. And they had this kind of thing, the same, which is like, you know, Oh, whatever he did was self-defense. And it's like, no, he's not. No, he, no, he, yeah, he killed a guard. He stabbed he's a like, like honestly dangerous guy. Well, you know, you put people in cages, man. They do fucked up shit. And if they're already fucked up, it's they're not going to get less fucked up. <laughs> right. I guess uh, that is something I wondered. But during this episode... Dude, you can't release him. Well, I was thinking like, oh, he gets it like... Uh, you clip his wings, man. Solitary. <laughs> solitary, and then he thrives, right? Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah, and but then, what and, does that mean? And they go like, oh, well, in solitary, it drives you mad. And I'm like, but he's already crazy. He's already... He's like, so finally. Like, I mean, was he a diagnosed psychopath? At, at entry into prisons time and time again. And also with a very high IQ. One time, I think when he goes to Leavenworth, it's rated as one twelve. I think when he goes to Alcatraz, it's rated as one thirty four, which is just shy of genius. Right, genius is supposed to be one forty. Right, twelve slightly above average. Shake yeah, but all the birds in him. Yeah. I, yeah, I just I I I'd like I don't know if you have that information on you, but I'd like to know what were what was it about him. That was this that 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 qualified him as a psychopath, like the lack of empathy, the, the you know. I uh, think I think probably that yeah. he answered most things honestly, and like answer like to like mm-hmm. what? yeah, man, honesty, sign <laughs> of a psychopath. Uh-huh. I, I, I know what you mean. I totally know what you mean. But, but, code and but like I think of like him being like, well, this. Is well, what? yeah, I killed a guy. What did you think I was supposed yeah, yeah. to do? When he that fir- kind of when thing. he dry. Fir- when he first went to uh, solitary in Leavenworth, he like hated this one guard. And he he borrowed a shiv off some other guy, and he was just like, "I am going to." I, I hate this one guard. He goes, "When he brings in my meal, I'm going to grab his arm and I'm going to cut it off." And he's going like, "I don't feel like this is any way a crime." Like he was just like, "This is what's deserved," right? And like that's the kind of thing about the guy where he's just like. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> right. Well, that's what they talk about, like, you know, the bringing it back to Batman villains, or like, uh, or or just that kind of critique in general of of uh, the mental, the, the psychopathic criminal. Like, mm-hmm. the only reasonable response to living in an insane world or an insane system is to be insane. Yeah. To be sane in an insane world itself is a mental illness. Right. And so, like, yeah, this guy keeps me in a cage. Of course I'm going to cut his arm off. Yeah, yeah. He puts me in a cage. Yeah. Sure. What did you think I was going to do? Right. Right. So, like, I mean, I'm sure there's so much more about him (laughs) that he's psychotic, but, you know, if you tease it apart enough, he's not. Well, that, I mean, you know, logic, there is a logic to that. He also there, pimped out a woman and killed him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, there's all sorts of but even then, bad yeah. shit going on. Even then, when he said the thing about the woman, he goes like, this is a man 
doing that victimized a woman. And he goes spoken by a man who was victimized victim, by a woman. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. if it was even that. Right. Like like yeah. him being like the pimp of her is like kind of dubious. Right. A lot and of people say like, oh, maybe like she like in, like helped him after he was injured after like something when he was kind of like on like a chain gang type like workforce or whatever. But like he was she went to the cop, yeah. said I did it. Yeah. And then he was just like, also, here's what I think about what the kind of crime he did and my response to it. You'd be and, the judge. You're right, but his response was murder. So that's worse. Right. No, no, no. Like, don't get me wrong. He's very dangerous. Yeah. But there's something I think, like, where you go, like, to his mind, you're like, like I don't think he's even violating his own code. No, I mean no. I mean like, no, like Aaron's saying, you, you, you can see the logic to it. It 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 just it's not normal a lot, logic. I mean, there is it, logic. It, yeah, it's not unusual for highly dangerous psychopath criminals to have high IQs, but not necessarily usual for them to uh, display some kind of moral acuity at the same time. Right. And he does that kind of throughout. Um, Plus he fucks with birds. <laughs> I don't know. If, should we save it for next time? What do you think? What? We could. I mean, it's uh, it's already been a, it's a, it's a we're two hours in. And he, he's, he's still the bird man of Leavenworth. Yeah. It's about an hour and a half so far. Okay. I think maybe it probably deserves, especially with the roundup. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion after okay. the uh, uh, post Alcatraz. Okay. Yeah, I think we should probably you know stay there because you know I just really wanted you guys to know like he comes from this you know typical sort of serial killer like fucked up background, weird relationship with the mother. She's like overprotective but also abusive in her own way. Gets into the penal system. He's also imbued with this moral code, mm -hmm. which he pretty much adheres to all his life. Uh, and it's, it, I mean, it, it really is like the most, I think, like Batman villain person I've ever come across well, in it's, my it's life. It's a real indictment of the Arkham jail system where all, those guys get out all the time. I mean, he, he should never be a Bell Reeve. Yeah. <laughs> should be a Bell Reeve. No. Nah. Uh, I'm really excited to share the rest with you because it's, it's dense. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I know very little about the Birdman of Alcatraz. Yeah, he's always been a, a kind of like puffing the a myth. Yeah, like a, a uh, mention uh, of the, yeah. oh, what you, Al Capone was there and there was a Birdman. And, right. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he was like really kind of, I mean, I really think of it as like some sort of like, you know, penguin type character where like. Not just because of the birds. Or do you see like a, I see almost like a Mr. Freeze. It's just like a thing where he's like, I know I'm amoral. I know I like am in this realm. I know that like, you know, everybody here is full of shit, but I'm not. And like, I kind of lord that over everybody. Yeah. And also like, my words are so dangerous, I could make you kill yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. he's... He's something else. Yeah. Like, and, it, it, you know, it's also this thing where, like, <laughs> you know, you can see, like, the average Nixon voter being like, do you believe these liberals want to let this guy out that, that killed a, a barman, 
killed a, a federal like this employee. pimp who killed a barman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kill, killed other people. Wishes he had killed other people. Admittedly, and they're going like they want to let him out because he's good with or- ornithology. <laughs> but a lot of people did. They were like, "Oh God, you know, if only." Yeah, those, you know, I mean, those people, those people were dumb, right? But and maybe, but th- there may be a logic there too, where it's like, you know what, he he does his best work in prison. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, no distractions. Uh, you know, cages within cages. Maybe, maybe he he wouldn't be such a good ornithologist if with all the temptation of uh, the outside world. Right, so there's, there's, you could make that argument. Yeah, uh, I mean, his work got out. People visited him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe he is just the, you know, the Hannibal Lecter of of bird shit. Yeah, you and keep, I think keep he, him in a cage. Yeah. I think he actually did have some like sort of like, you know, loose money that was going around. Like compared to other prisoners, were like, you know, when the rule came down, like. You can't have money making enterprises in federal prison. I think before that he was like, even if I support my mom, I'm still like, I still got like money. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think he was still and not just cigarettes. Yeah, I yeah. think he was still yeah, flaming hot Cheetos. And then also like in like prison currency, like I'll talk about next time. He was still flush. <laughs> you know, toilet wine. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bruno. like. If you were a guy that needed something in prison, That's you the, probably should talk to the Birdman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's Morgan Freeman from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, red. <laughs> he's Lil Wayne's daddy, Birdman. <laughs> All right, let's call it there. Yeah, let's call it there. That's good. I can't wait for the second half. Very exciting. I'm going to say goodnight. My name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Peter. Good Goodnight, everybody. We love you. Good night. Podcast Network.